Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that when we thought we had lost, God, you were our defender. You come back with the head of our enemies, Lord. And we thank you, God, for the victory that we have in Jesus. We thank you for this place where we can gather together week after week, God, to worship you, to exalt you, God. And I pray that you be with every home that's represented here today. Be with every heart, God, that you would prepare them for your word, that you would prepare them, God, for what you have in store for them today. God, speak to us, use us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen. Let's give it up one more time for these guys and these, these beautiful men right here, right? Without them, I wouldn't have a place to put my iPad, and we wouldn't be sitting here. These are the heroes, the unsung heroes here at Love Unlimited. So one more time, let's give it up. Kennel's first time playing bass with us. Woo! So we're continuing in our series, Paparazzi, through the book of James, And today we're going to talk about something that I think all of us can identify with. Um, My daughter Stella, she has a problem. She has an addiction. And so if you guys can pray for her. Um, I don't know if this exists, Marshmallow uh, uh, Anonymous. But she has an issue with anything that's like very sweet and sugary to the point where um, whenever... Uh, my wife is doing a recipe that includes, like, chocolate. Uh, my wife does an incredible, like, sweet potato casserole for, like, the holidays. And so she always got, has to get extra marshmallows. And I was actually talking to Stella, um, first of all, to get her permission to talk about her addiction um, here. And then I'm like, but baby, why is it that you get it? She says, I can't resist it, Bobby. She goes, I don't think I've ever told you. This is last night. I don't think I've ever told you guys, but if I wake up in the middle of the night... And I know that there's marshmallows. I go and, and I eat them. Right? And, and then I remind her that she doesn't want to be like her great-grandmother, Lala, who didn't have teeth. Right? And then she goes, Papi, that's not going to happen to me because mommy always makes sure that I brush my teeth. And so Stella has this cute marshmallow sugar addiction. And, uh, and she can't control herself. Like, she attacks the cupboard, you know. Um, and we all struggle with temptation, right? Can I get an Amen. And don't we wish that it was as cute as Stella's marshmallow addiction, but, but sadly, uh, the things that we struggle with, man, sometimes they're ugly, sometimes they're embarrassing, sometimes we're like, man, I wish no one would know that this is what I struggle with. And so t- today I want to look at what God has to say about man's oldest problem, which is temptation. What does God have to tell us? What are the tools that God can give us today so that we can overcome temptation in our life? And so we're going to look... At James chapter 1, starting in verse 12, and James, the apostle of wisdom, tells us, he tells us how we can overcome man's oldest problem through these next couple verses. The poet Oscar Wilde says, I can withstand anything except temptation. The only way to get rid of temptation is to give into it, which is completely incorrect. The Bible talks about two different kinds of testing, okay? The first one, they're called trials. And the second is temptation. And sometimes 
trials can be translated as temptations. But I want you to know that trials are situations that sometimes are designed by God in order to help us grow. There's difficulties that we go through life and God allows us to go through these things so that we grow. And then there's temptation. And temptation is designed by the devil in order to get us to sin, in order to get us to fall. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So there is a prize, there is a reward for enduring temptation. Happiness comes from it. Blessing comes from it when you have your life under control. And so there's no bad habit that's devastating you. See, when you know how to say no to temptation, it produces happiness in your life. It also says that there's a crown of life. That means we get eternity. We get to live with God forever. James says when you understand temptation, when you overcome it, when you say no, you actually really begin to live. See, the crown is talking about eternal life, but the blessing when we overcome it, we actually really start living. And so the question today is, how do we handle temptation? How do we overcome it? How does Stella not attack the cupboard in the middle of the night? And James says, hey, the first thing is, is that we have to be realistic. The fact is you will be tempted. We have to be realistic. Temptation is going to come. Even Christians are tempted. All of us are tempted. It's not when we're tempted. It's not if we're tempted. We are all tempted. We are all tempted. And, and there's people, I was talking to our guy the other day and he goes, yeah, you know, I can't remember the last time I was tempted. Like, I'm, I'm never tempted. You know what I call that? Tremendo paquetero. All right? The guy is just a liar. <laughs> See, the more you grow towards God, the more you grow in your relationship towards God and you want to live a life that honors God. Actually, there's more temptation that's going to come. When someone tells me that they're not being tempted, I'm like, man, you better watch out. Because if the devil doesn't need to throw darts at you and attack you, that means that he's not worried about you. And so a lot of times you may feel today, man, why am I going through this in my life? It could be because you're walking so close to God that the devil's just trying to knock you down. It could be that, man, you're struggling with things. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's going through a difficulty in his marriage. And I said, hey, you know what? You know why God's attacking? You know why the devil's attacking your marriage? Because he's scared. He's scared of what God can do through you and your wife if you guys get your act straight. You guys have an incredible platform. You have an incredible opportunity to be used by God, and the devil knows it. And so he's trying to knock you down. He's trying to keep you from achieving and living the life that he's called you to live. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. What does that mean? That means that we're all in the same boat. That means that we're all going through these struggles. We're all going through trials. Everybody has problems. Can you raise your hand if, if you have problems in life? I mean, we, we all struggle. So we're not alone on this. And so that should encourage you that the person sitting next to you is going through something. We all go through stuff. We all go through junk. Maybe there's someone here today, man, you're stuck in a compromising situation. You know that right now you find yourself in a place that can alter your life. A decision that maybe you've already made and you're in the middle of that and you're like, I'm stuck. You know what? Jesus can rescue you from that right now. You just have to be realistic. Here's another thing. That being tempted is not a sin. And sometimes we feel because we're being tempted that we're actually living in sin. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage right now. You're, you're being tempted. You're being attacked. Let me tell you, if you haven't fallen into temptation, 
you're not in sin. All right? Satan may be upset. Satan may be trying to knock you down. But it doesn't mean that one, God has forgotten about you. And it doesn't mean that you are in sin. It just means that, man, life is tough. Right? Life is difficult. There are moments in our life that are hard. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was tempted in all points just like we are. Yet what? He sinned not. And so Satan was attacked. We know the stories. We've read our Bible. And we see where, where, where Jesus was attacked by Satan. Not that Satan. Jesus was attacked. Yet he was perfect. He was tempted. But he never gave in. See, I meet a lot of Christians who are intimidated by temptation. Guys, right now if you're going through something, I want you instead of feeling sorry for yourself because it's so easy. That, that, that happens to me, man, I'm going through this. I, I feel so bad. Be like, God, you know what? Your word says that I'm not going to be tempted beyond what I can endure. And so I thank you, God, because I'm going through this difficulty in my life. And you believe that I can overcome this. See, God is not surprised about what you're going through in your life. It was a couple weeks ago, there, there was something that was going on um, in, in the church. One of the uh, people that had committed um, to, to helping us out with a couple things, with some equipment, kind of fell through on us. And, and I told God, God, you are not surprised that this is happening. And usually Mark would freak out about this or Mark would try to solve a problem. And I said, God, this is your church. This is your event, and I am trusting that you will see us through. And, and, and shortly after, God saw us through, and he met us and exceeded what we thought we were going to do. See, the more committed you are, the more you're going to be tempted. The second thing is that we need to be responsible. We need to accept responsibility. A lot of times, we blame other people for our problems. A lot of times, we even blame God. James verse, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. How many times have we heard someone say, oh, but, but the Lord is tempting me. Don't say that God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God does not tempt. But we love to blame God. We love to blame others. See, when my kids were little, I used to love telling them the creation story. Right? And I'm talking about one, two years old. You're teaching them words. And, and, I, and I would say, like, you know, who created the monkey? Right? And, and, and Joshua would say, I did. And I'm like, no, Jesus did. And, and, and then I would say, like, you know, they're eating. And I'm like, who, who, cre- who made the apple? Who made the I did. And I'm like, no, Jesus did, Joshi. I mean, he's like one and a half. And, and I, I would tell my wife, I mean, th- I think that he has, like, like a heart problem. Like, I, I, you know, she's like, babe, he's only one. I know, but he knows because he laughs every time I tell him, no, papi. Jesus did. He's like, ha, 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 Right? He thinks it's funny. And she's like, babe, he's won. He's going to get it. Right? And it didn't matter, you know, who, who made the world. I did. And I'm like, no, Bobby, Jesus did it. And one day I got home from work and, and in the entrance of our house, Joshi and Caleb had gotten a Sharpie and they had drawn like, I mean, I'm talking about the entire size of that window, like all the way down the hall of the house. And it looks like they were running with these Sharpies. And I'm like, who did this? And Joshi comes running and he goes, Jesus did To which confirm that the kid has a heart problem right now. He's a great kid. He's a great kid. See, we, we love blaming God sometimes when we go through difficulties in our life, when, when we go through pain, or, or maybe when we ourselves have put ourselves in a difficult situation, we, we blame God. See, we, it, it's irresponsible 
We don't want to take responsibility. We blame society. We live in a society now where no one wants to be responsible. Oh, it was my parents. Uh, you know, it's, it's my DNA. It's the government. It's the environment. It's my spouse. We blame the devil sometimes when it's your fault. It's the decisions that you made. And we even blame Jesus like Joshua did that day. See, some people say it must be God or it wouldn't have happened. That's like false doctrine. People's like, you know, it, it had to be God. It had to be God. I had a guy tell me, God told me to leave my wife and go marry someone else I met at church. That's called blaming God. All right? God did not tell you to leave your wife and marry someone that, uh, that you met at church. And see, some people also, they'll, they'll ask me, Pastor Mark, can you pray for this? And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I say no. And they freak out. And it's because they want me to pray for something that actually goes 100% against scripture. God is not going to go against himself. All right? And so like, ah, oh, you know, God's telling me to leave my wife. Can you pray? And I'm like, no. God doesn't want you to leave your wife. All right? God wants you to love your wife. Or, or it could be something completely different. You know, and, and it's like, if it's in the Bible, a lot of times the answers to many of our prayers are right there in the word of God. And so God never contradicts his word. And see, most of the problems that we have in life, many of them, we bring them upon ourselves. I bring them upon myself. We all do. The third thing that we need to do is we need to be ready. When temptation comes, the Bible teaches us that we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. Peter said, be on your guard. Jesus said, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. Be ready. Be prepared. See, you know what? Each one is tempted by what? By their own evil desires. He is dragged away and enticed. Do not be deceived, my brothers. That is the advice of James to us today. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared for temptation. You know one thing that you can count on every single time for temptation? It's not going to warn you. It's going to come when you least expect it. When we're most vulnerable. The most difficult things in life sometimes. We don't expect them. And then boom, it happens. If there's one thing that the devil's good at. It's that he's consistent when it comes to tempting us and catching us when we are not guarding ourselves. The Bible says that let him who thinks that he standeth take heed lest he fall. If you think you're strong right now in this very moment, maybe you're thinking, you know what? I'll never cheat on my wife. I'll never cheat on my husband. I'll never do this. The Bible says be careful that you do not fall into temptation. Guard yourself. Protect your home. Protect your marriage. Protect your children. I thank God every single day that he's given me great kids. But you know what I do every night before I go to sleep religiously? Is I go when they're asleep and I lay my hands on my kids and I pray for my kids. And I ask God to protect them, to guard their minds. They spend more time away from me than they do with me. They spend eight hours in school. I get home for like two hours before they go to bed. And I'm like, God, I'm not there most of the time. But you're there. You're always there. Protect them. Guard them. I'm doing my best as a father to raise them in a Christian home, but I am not foolish to think that Satan doesn't want to bring me down. And he will use even the most purest of children to try to get us to fall, to try to get us to waver. There was once this guy named Bobby Leach. There's a picture of him. Um, it's an old picture. This guy actually, he went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. All right. And you know what? He survived it. 
Yet you know how he died a couple days later? He tripped over an orange peel and died. Broke his leg, they amputated his leg, got gangrene and died. Yet the guy crossed Niagara Falls on that wheel barrel. What does that mean? That sometimes the most difficult things in life, the biggest temptations, the hardest moments, the hardest falls is when we least expect it. That orange peel. We're walking, we we feel great, we're having a great day. Maybe you're leaving church and you had a great service, you worship, you make commitments to follow Christ, to be stronger in your walk and boom, the devil gets us. Be prepared, be on watch. It's the little things in life that kill us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, in order that Satan might not outwit, outwit us, we are not, and we are not unaware of his schemes. Be careful. He's trying to get us to fall. He's trying to break us. See, there's four ways that the devil tempts us. The first one, we learn it here in James, it's desire. It's an inside job. It's the things that attract us. And you know what? Most desires are okay. We have the desire to eat, to drink. To sleep, God gives us these desires to survive. Those are good desires. But when those desires are out of control, they can be destructive. Satan loves to take the routine in our life, the desires, and turn them into runaway desires. The things that we're prone to. You know what it is. You know what that thing is that pulls you away from God. You get consumed by it. You become obsessed by it. The second thing is deception. He is dragged away and enticed. James here, he's using terms from the sporting world. We're dragged away. It's a hunter term. Literally means snared and trapped. All right? Like those of you that like hunting or like watching hunting on TV, you know, you catch your your bear or whatever it is, or you shoot a deer and then you grab it and you drag it. That's what James is talking about. That's what the devil likes to do to us. So he gets us to fall and then he drags us in front of everyone and says, look, Look at your hero. Look at that person that you looked, to, you looked up to. They fell and he's my prize now. Enticed. It's a fisherman term. All right. Lured by bait. It's the secret of catching a great fish. I went fishing with Roger, who's the other bass player, a couple, like two or three months ago. And man, I, I love fishing, but I'm horrible at fishing. And, and I'm like, Roger, I, I want to learn how to fish. And he's like, well, tell me about the last time you fished, and, and I'm like, oh, I, I was fishing off this bridge, and, and man, I, I could see this school of like yellowtail or some type of snapper like going down, and I threw my bait, and, and, and no one bit, and he's like, what were you using? And, I, and I'm like, oh, I, I was using like, I think like squid or something. He's like, no, you know, like those young snappers, you got to use like live shrimp. If you had live shrimp, you would have caught one. And it's the same way that Roger knows how to catch fish, Satan knows how to catch us. He knows that if he throws something in front of me, it's not going to attract me. It's not going to pull me. But he knows my weakness. He knows your weakness. The same way that you know your weakness. Better than you know your weakness. What is that thing that Satan would throw your way to deceive you, to get you to fall? What is that bait? He knows it. He knows us. We know us. What turns you on? You know what's going to make you fall. And you know what he does? He gets that thing that, that, that we like and, and we look at it and there's no way that this is going to hurt me. He hides that hook real good. And then we get comfortable and we see the hook. And we're like, man, if I could just eat around the hook, it's going to be okay. And I'll just leave enough there, you know. When you bring your bait in, it's like, man, these fish are so smart. 
Has that ever happened to you? Happens to me. It's like they eat all the bait and they just leave a little bit right on the hook. But if the fisherman's good, he knows how to feel, not like me. And you know what? Satan's an expert at getting us to fall, at deceiving us. Don't be deceived. The third thing is disobedience. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to sin. We disobey and then it gives birth to sin in, in our life. What well, begins in your mind in an action. It starts in your imagination. It's a battle that starts in our thoughts. And then it moves into our actions. It gets our attention. And then it gets our attitude. He commits us into action. People say, what's the danger in fantasy? It's harmless. It's just fantasy. It's just a screen. It's just the place that I go to. What starts in your mind will eventually come out in your life. It always begins in our imagination. We start thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Satan drops it in our thoughts as a lure. And then it takes over. What you flirt with, you will fall for. What you flirt with, you will fall for. That's the whole purpose behind advertising. All right? It's like, what is it that we can throw? And now with like direct targeting, like people can target you. Have you ever like been on Instagram and, and this, I think that, and maybe you can talk to me after service and it's true. Like the other day we were talking like, hey, we should get a Costco membership. And then like 30 seconds later, we're on Instagram and it's like Costco membership. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? When we had Stella, Stella, there was a season where the girl would not sleep. She was crying, 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 crying. And we were like zombies, like, you know, and, and I would just have the TV on just because I didn't want to turn the light on. And, and there was one night that I, I'm watching an infomercial. I woke up in the middle of the night. And, you know, like after a certain time, the infomercial started. And, and there was this thing called the new wave. I have a picture of it. And these infomercials, it's like, man. And you could just imagine, like, you know, we're not sleeping. We're ordering in. And people are bringing random food to our house. And I am seeing all these amazing things that are being cooked in the, in the new wave. And Leilani's kind of asleep. Stella's asleep. And I get my cell phone and I go to a corner in the room. And I'm like, hello. Yes. I want, I want, I want to order the new wave. And Leilani's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, babe, babe, babe. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. And, and she couldn't believe. She I can't believe you. And I was tranced. All right. There was like a trance with this, this infomercial. And so Satan will look for our weak points. Maybe it's something you haven't struggled with for years. And you say, I'll never go back to that. But then you'll have the, sleepness, the sleepless nights. You're eating takeout because your daughter's not sleeping. And then you see this beautiful chicken on your screen. And it's like, it's so easy. You just throw it in there, throw all the stuff, put some salt on it. You know, walk away and come back. And it looks like this. And it's not true. It doesn't look like that, I'm pretty sure. See, desire leads to deception. Deception leads to disobedience. And disobedience leads to death. The fourth thing is death. Sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. That's the tragic consequence of giving in. That's what losing the battle causes, these devastating results. And what is death? It's the exact opposite of living. James, in the beginning of our reading today, saying, you know, you overcome and you have life. You overcome and you will be blessed. You will get a crown. Yet, if we give in, we get death, the complete opposite. See, God gave us the freedom of choice. We can choose. Isn't that incredible? The freedom to choose. And it is so dangerous. That's why I pray for my kids every night before they go to bed. Because when I'm not around, they have the freedom to choose. 
And papi and mommy can't make the decisions for them anymore. We could choose the way we want to live. We could choose the things that we want to do. We could choose to give in to temptation. But we can't choose the consequences of our decisions. You're free to have your kicks. You're free. Your family's out of town, whatever. You're out of town. No one knows you. You're free to do whatever you want. But you're not free to eliminate the kickbacks of your decisions. You're free to make your choices. But you're not free to choose the consequences. In order to overcome temptation, in order to break that habit, first you've got to be realistic and admit, I have a problem. There's something that I'm struggling with. Then I've got to be responsible and not blame anyone else. Quit making excuses. And then we've got to get ready to understand what happens during temptation and learn to avoid it. See, all of a sudden, in, in verse 17, James switches gears. All right, we're talking about all the bad things. You know, you're going to die. You, you commit these sins. You fall into temptation. And then he starts talking about the goodness of God. He starts talking about hope. And that's who Jesus is. Yeah, you know, it stinks when we fall into sin. And, and it's terrible. But we serve a great God. And maybe you're here today and, and guilt can overwhelm us. Guilt can bring us down. Satan then, he's... Walking around with his prize. He doesn't own you. Yeah, you made a mistake. But today you can turn your life around. Today you can say, that's not who I am. I'm not going to be identified by my mistakes. I'm not going to be identified by decisions that I made, by things that I gave into. I'm going to be identified by God, by a good God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heaven... Who does not change like shifting shadows. He is there. He is always there. Ready, willing, and able to forgive you. To restore you. To give you back the things that you've probably lost because of bad decisions. And say, hey, you know what? I'm not just going to give you back what you lost. I'm going to give it to you in abundance. If we choose to walk in that life. You see, what we need to do is, is we need to be refocused. The Bible teaches us that we need to change the way that we think. Because that's where it starts. It starts in our mind and our desires and the temptation. It just falls. He says, you know what? Change the way that you think. Change the way that you think about yourself, that you think about other. Change the way that you think about me. I am a good God. I love you and I'm there for you. See, there's this principle of replacement and I believe that it is the key to overcoming temptation. See, sometimes if you know you're weak in this area... All we do is we focus on our weakness and this is what I'm weak on and this is what I struggle with and this is what I struggle You know what? Think about who you want to be. Think about who God is in your life. And stop focusing so much on your problem and focus on who you want to be, where you want to go, how you want to live your life. And stop thinking like, man, like, man, I'm a loser. I'm terrible. I did this. I made this mistake. No, this is who I am in Christ. The Bible says to call the things that aren't as if they were. Change your attention Turn your attention on something else. Change your mind. Refocus. Instead of looking at what you're being tempted on, just look somewhere else. Philippians 4.18 says this. Think on these things. Things that are good, positive, just, honest. Focus your mind on the goodness of God. Why? Because the more you fight a feeling, the more it grabs you. The more you fight that feeling, the more it grabs you. Don't focus on who you don't want to be. Focus on who you want to be. And I want you guys right now to think about, who does God want me to be? Because sometimes it's also who we want to be. And is that who God wants you to be? Who does God want me to be? Maybe you're here and you're a chronic worrier. You're always worried about every, everything. 
And it's because we doubt the goodness of God. You serve a good God. And so you don't need to worry. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Say that with me. Whatever gets my attention. Say it again. Whatever gets my attention gets me. Whatever gets your attention gets you. You know how you get out of depression? You pray and you seek God. And it's not by looking at what you are, but by telling yourself who God is and who he wants you to be. Stop focusing on your problem and start focusing on the solution, which is Jesus Christ. Fill your mind with the word of God. There's so many promises in the Bible. This is one of the verses that I learned as a kid. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God made this day. Even your darkest day, God made that day. Even your darkest memory, God made that day. This sun does not rise and fall just because it happens. God allows it. The Bible taught us that he made the day and he made the night. And that day that you regret, that moment that you regret, that sadness that sometimes just consumes us, God made that day. He didn't make your decision. He didn't tempt you. But he is good. And he is ready, willing, and able to give you life and take you out of that depression, take you out of that sadness. It's a choice to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. What is in your mouth? What's in our mouth? Is it talking about our problems? Is it talking about the bad things that happen? Is it talking about the tragedy? Or is it saying, God is good? Yeah. Don't deny it. Yeah, I'm going through a difficult time, but God is good. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I love the song that Tanya sang. He goes before me, I know, and he comes back with the head of my enemy. And then what does he do? He calls it my victory. And all I did was what? was praise. All I did was bow down. That means we recognize who God is in the midst of our darkest moment, in the midst of the hardest times in our life and say, God, you go before me. I'm in the battle. Leilani's been singing like on repeat um, the song that says, uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. What a, what a beautiful song. So simple. Very repetitive. And if my heart wasn't in the right place, I'd be like, cambia dico, you know what I mean? But it's true. It may look like you're surrounded, but we're surrounded by God today. He's here and he's ready to set us free. Quit fighting that feeling. Quit fighting that pain and focus on God. You know, I remember the story of, of Joseph and when Potiphar's wife who was the governor, his wife calls him and this woman like throws herself on him, okay? He's like the servant of the most powerful man in Egypt and, and uh, when his wife tries to take his clothes off, and take his coat off, Potiphar leaves, he runs and he leaves his coat behind. I mean, Joseph leaves, he leaves his coat behind. Maybe you need to leave your coat behind. Maybe you need to switch the channel. Maybe you need to walk out of that movie. You need to change jobs. You need to get away from those friends that you're hanging out with. 
1 Corinthians 15 says, bad company corrupts good character. Maybe our biggest problems is the people that we hang out with, the people that we talk to. You know your weakness. God knows our weakness and so does the devil. James 1.18 says, and it was a happy day for him when he gave us our new lives through the truth of his word. You know who the word of God is? Jesus. It was a happy day. Verse 18, the end of our reading today. It was a happy day for God when he gave us new lives through his word. And we became, as it were, the first children of his new family. I'm going to invite you guys to stand up. And I want you to know that for us to overcome and to live victorious lives, we need to be reborn. And yeah, that for some of us, that means we give our life to Jesus And we actually, there's a moment that we look back to and we say, this was the moment that I prayed and I gave myself to God. I stopped living for me and I started living for him. For some of us, we've gone back to some of the old thoughts. Maybe we were living lives that honored God and we were doing things the way we're supposed to. And then stress and work and life. It comes and it attacks us and and we fall and we make stupid decisions and we find ourselves in places that we don't feel good about it. But you know what? He can bring us back from that. He can bring us back to that moment when it was just him and us and and we were so connected and and we were so happy. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everyone in this room that God would bring us to a place For some of us, it's being reborn and others being forgiven and getting a fresh start. Christians rededicating their life to God. Maybe you're struggling with something right now. It could be a feeling. It could be depression. It could just be something going on at work or with your family or with your kids. Let's stop focusing on the problem and let's focus on the goodness of God. God is good. Say that with me. God is good and his mercy. Say that. And his mercy endures forever. Not for a little time. Not not for, oh, this moment. No, forever and ever and ever and ever. And that and ever and ever and ever, it's also when things are bad. That's also when we're tempted. It's also when we're sick. It's also when we have problems. It's also when, you know, payday doesn't come around. When we're surprised by something forever means every single moment. And then and then and then and it keeps going. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Tanya's going to sing a song in a minute. And I want to close with this verse. It says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God wants you to stand up today. To stand up over that problem, over that situation, over that sin, over that doubt. There's some of you that God wants you to do something and you know exactly what it is and it's a big thing, it's a big step. But we're scared. His mercy endures forever. He is with you wherever you go, even in that scary moment that could bring incredible blessings to your life, to your family. That step of faith. This is our fifth week and it was a big step of faith for my family and I to to, to be here. To walk away from comfort into uncertainty. To an area where we don't know a lot of people. But so much good has come from that. 
So many lives have been changed and so many more lives are going to be changed. Why? Because God's mercy endures forever, even when we don't know. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast...